0: What's up, everyone? Justin here, at JustinODFW on Instagram. Welcome to the Saturday Is Dadderday podcast. Each week, I interview everyday dads, and sometimes moms, about their unique experiences, struggles, and successes as parents, significant others, and just plain adults. I also weave in interviews with industry experts in fields that intersect a dad's life. Need help picking out a new bottle of bourbon? We've got you covered. Have a question on how to finally get your kids to brush their teeth? Check. Want your lawn to be bulletproof for the upcoming winter? You get the idea. So, if you're looking to laugh, hear some great stories of parenthood and adulthood, and pick up a few tips along the way, such as what knives you actually need in your kitchen, or a better way to light a cigar, then you've come to the right place. Thanks for listening, and remember, Saturday is Dadder Day. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of the Saturday is Dadder Day podcast, the season one finale. <laughs> that's what it probably will sound like. We have a little bit of a unique episode today. We are going to have a reversal. So I don't know if that's called Dadder Day is Saturday, but we have Courtney Allen, who is going to be the moderator. So, Courtney, welcome in. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Justin. I'm glad to be here. And And you are not
0: a dad, just to confirm, right?
1: I was going to say, I just wanted to confirm that everyone knows I am not a dad. I think we have some good questions here. So should we just get started?
0: You get started, moderator Courtney.
1: All right. Uh, What's the most scared you've ever been in your life?
0: (laughs) Uh, That's actually pretty easy. It was when I proposed to my wife, Beth, but not because of the proposal. Uh, It was because I am terribly afraid of heights And I thought the best way to propose to her would be on the top of the Ferris wheel at Navy Pier in Chicago. So it was a beautiful setting, but like, I don't even remember if she said yes or not, because I was so freaked out about being up that high. So that's probably the most scared I've ever been.
1: Face your fears. Yeah.
0: Is that your
1: biggest fear? Heights?
0: Yeah. um, Heights, spiders, hard work.
1: But not your wife saying no to your proposal. Good.
0: No. I mean, she was obviously marrying me for my money and my body, so I knew I had her locked in.
1: Ain't that the truth. Okay, so what inspired you to start up the podcast?
0: So about the time Ayla was a year old, I noticed that my wife was spending a lot of time on Instagram during her pregnancy and up to that point of always finding these like resources that were more designed for moms. And they're really good resources like speech sisters and taking care of babies with sleeping help and all these things. And I thought... You know, I don't, I never see any of this stuff for guys. I never see like dad taking care of toddlers. This is how you do it kind of thing. And it kind of got me thinking, well, I'm not an expert and I can't offer any advice on, you know, speech or whatever. But I thought maybe I could create a place for dads that could be a resource uh, where dads could hear other experiences of each other and learn a few things. And then I could also interview experts that could provide insight that I certainly didn't have into various fields that maybe dads and moms too and anybody who listen. Uh, so that was sort of the start of it. And um, I am glad I did it.
1: With that, what's been um, proudest parent moment so far?
0: Making it this far. <laughs> it to <laughs> That's probably a good As one, day. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly, I, I would think that the proudest parenting moment is kind of a combination with parenting and husband and wifing, because everybody's been thrown for a loop uh, since March with the pandemic. And we have an only child, grandma's the caregiver during the day while mom and dad are at work, even though we work from home. And about the time, uh, her two year mark, which would have been August 2020, that's when we were going to do the daycare or some type of schooling or whatever. And we decided to postpone that. So it's been hard to try to keep her moving forward and not really knowing like, hey, how far behind is she on different things? Because she just doesn't have a lot of socialization. But I would say the proudest moment has been the fact that every time that we're in a situation with other people or if we're at the park and somebody else is there, she does such a great job. She has so much fun and she's she's not like running away in the other direction. And the other half of that is that Beth and I uh, are still married. <laughs> yeah. My proudest parenting moment.
1: You had such a great relationship with your folks during a time that most kids did not. How did that happen? And... How has that experience shaped you as a parent?
0: I've always had a great relationship with my parents. And I think I give them a lot of credit for shaping me as a person of who I am as far as being, which I think is friendly and accepting and inclusive and all that sort of stuff and they really did a great job with that and they always included me in the decision making process and they always included me as as a member of the family and obviously i was a kid so you know mom and dad made the decisions but i always felt in a good way like i was an equal and if there was a decision to be made whether it was where we're going on vacation or where we're going for dinner they asked my input. And they didn't always necessarily go that way, but they always asked my input. And looking back over the years, they were always patient with me, and maybe to a fault, but always, always giving me the benefit of hey, you're our son, we trust you, and we're gonna be patient with you, we're gonna take the time with you. And now, when you're in it raising a kid, and not so much now as much uh, because Ale is able to communicate more, but you know, the first couple of months a comedian said they tell you all the time don't shake the baby don't shake the baby and you're like okay I get it don't shake the baby and then you have a baby and you're like I want to shake the shit out of that baby because <laughs> you just get like pushed to the pushed to the edge yeah. but uh so but my parents always including me and in everything and uh they they always approached it like that and that really helped me as far as Beth and I do that all the time with Ayla you know Ayla what do you think where do you want to go today what do you feel like having for dinner And, you know, what pajamas do you want to wear? This pair or that pair? Just giving her those options, I think, really helps her feel like she's part of the family, too.
1: Yeah, she's definitely an independent woman. And I have to say, you are a great dad. And it's been uh, awesome watching you and Beth parent. So what is your go-to lazy meal for the family? It's definitely not pizza. When you absolutely (laughs) don't feel like cooking, but also don't want to get takeout.
0: Jeez, what could this be? So if we do do anything in the realm of takeout or whatever for, I love Papa Murphy's pizza. I know. I don't know why. It's got me. So I'm always down for that. And so is Beth. (laughs) Uh, If we're going to make something that's pretty lazy, Beth loves, and and so do I, B for D, which is what we joke around breakfast (laughs) for dinner. So I'll do eggs and avocado toast uh, because we're bougie and, you know, some, some turkey sausage or something like that. So uh, that's an easy thing to make it's fun we use the trader joe's everything but the bagel seasoning if you've never had that that stuff will change your life yes so we put that on the avocado toast and uh that that can be a good breakfast lunch or dinner if we don't have much around the house and we don't feel like doing much so.
1: nice first when you said beef or d i was thinking chef boyardee and i was like i don't think that they'd be that lazy <laughs> <laughs> so i'm glad that you turned that around Being a dad seems like you've made it a priority to maintain your hobbies and passions, like your podcast. Uh, So would love to hear your take on the importance of keeping up with those hobbies and how you make the time.
0: That's one of the things that I struggled with. And one of the reasons we talked about this earlier was, why did you start this podcast? Part of it was a a good excuse to talk to my friends who I hadn't had a chance to see as, as often as I'd like. I live in Texas. Most of my friends live in Wisconsin. Or Chicago. So um, I don't have a chance to see as many of my buddies as I want. That was great to be able to do that. But I really think you need to have an outlet that really makes the makes or break the difference. And Beth and I were talking about this, that it used to be, you know, we would be out for work. So just the drive to work, getting gas, you know, running, get a coffee, whatever the hell it is, that was enough just to sort of kind of break up the day. And then if you went to the gym, or, you know, out to lunch with a friend or something during work or whatever, but not having any of that and just kind of like being stuck that you can end up just pouring everything into your, your marriage and your family and, and in a good way, that's good. But in a bad way, is like, you can kind of lose your identity. Yeah. Right. And you stop being an individual person and you just be mom or dad or husband or wife. And so I Beth does a great job of like, Hey, if you want to go golf, go for it. And, you know, back when she used to go, you know, do other stuff too like that and go get her nails done or go to a movie or whatever. I mean, we used to really do a good job of trying to take turns with that to give each other a little, a little release and a little outlet.
1: So what is your favorite thing to cook for your wife, Beth, on date night? And I assume you've been doing a lot more date nights probably at the house because COVID.
0: Yeah. Uh, Like every night is after we put a little bed is simultaneously a date night and not a date night. It's like we both have a drink in our hand, but we're both in sweatpants. <laughs> um, and like we both need to shower or whatever. So uh, favorite thing to cook for Beth. One of my favorite things to cook is risotto. And mm. I used to make that a lot at the restaurants I worked at. And that was, it's an it's a easy dish to make. It's a very hard dish to make well. And Beth loves that mushroom risotto. Let's
1: see. If you weren't living in Texas, where would you want to be?
0: You know, I don't know. I always thought about that. because So I'm from the Upper Peninsula, Michigan, like three hours South of the Canadian border, uh, one stoplight town. And I went to college in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And I always wondered, I kind of just did I looked in Wisconsin and Michigan and, you know, Illinois for colleges. So I, I didn't at the time really consider something. But now I always wonder, what would it be like to go to college at like UCLA or, yeah. you know, Arizona State or something? And just like go somewhere completely different. I don't know. I love Texas. It's great. I, I think I would enjoy. Uh, Arizona, Florida, or California. But warm weather is the trend I'm leaning on. So I had enough snow uh, in the Midwest.
1: This is a loaded question. What's the most difficult thing you've ever had to overcome?
0: I would say, probably for me, uh, my father's passing. That happened in August of 2014. And I was cooking still then. And uh, like a a day after I started cooking, which would have been like three years prior to that, I remember being in my apartment and my parents called and said, hey, we got some news to tell you and told me all about my dad's cancer and that he had to go through all this treatment and everything. And I literally was like three days on the job of my first cooking job at the Dallas Country Club. So I was like a great gig. But that whole time that my dad was sick and going through all of his treatments and, and just sort of going from the dad that I knew to what unfortunately most people look like at the end of the cancer battle, which is not even a shell of themselves. I was down in Texas, slugging it out in the kitchen every night and trying to work my way up and I didn't have any vacation with the, you know, yet. I mean, I was brand new and so, I had left the country club and I was working at a couple other restaurants for a little while and then I just got the job at Lucia and that was so ecstatic and right at that like within a day or two of that is when my dad passed so I had to call him back and say hey I want I still want this job I just got to figure it out for a little bit because I got to go home and help my mom and so I remember I the job I was currently at I really did not like and I said you know my dad just passed I'm going up I don't know if I'll be back and i didn't really care so yeah. going through that my mom was struggling and she was holding it together as best she could but to close out my dad's estate and his law practice and all the stuff with the banks and business partners and you know just all that sort of stuff that i was helping my mom with and then also starting my job at lucia which was the best place you could ever work and eat and everything i was like my mind wasn't there you know it was the yeah. right job And it was the best place and it was the best people. I just wasn't myself. I was a shell of myself. And I would literally drive to work for an hour and cry the entire way there. And I would talk to my mom or I would talk to one of my buddies and Beth was working, you know, and then on the way home at night, I would cry all the way on the way home and I would call my mom and I didn't talk to Beth because by that time it was, you know, midnight every night. So I'm not gonna wake her up. She's gotta get up in the morning. And while I was at work, you know, at least once or twice every day there, I went into the bathroom and just broke down crying. And that, so going through that experience was the, for me, the most difficult thing. And, but it made me a better person. I actually never, I never felt angry or, or whatever. I just felt uh, sad. You know, I wish I would have been there for my dad, but like I said before, we had a great relationship, so. Just going through all that, and knowing that I was gonna probably stop cooking and and stop the pursuit of owning a restaurant and doing all that because I just I couldn't handle it at the time. So that was a bummer. But I'm in a great place now, and you know I'm so happy that I'm not leaving Beth and Ayla alone every night and holiday and weekend. Yeah. You know because on that work. So yeah,
1: that is good. Um, and how old were you when your dad passed? So
0: 2014, I would have been 34, 33, 34.
1: So your dad was still fairly young.
0: Yeah, he was sixty-six. Oh wow! But like I said, I was never mad because I had a great dad for thirty-four years, and a lot of people yeah, don't get that. So
1: that's true. What's your favorite thing to drink?
0: I am a bourbon and Scotch and whiskey guy. I used to like beer a lot, and then as I got older, it just it, you get I get so full drinking beer, Me too. and I like the good microbrews and you know what I guess called craft beer now. Um, I don't have a hipster beard to to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> and glasses with no prescription and suspenders. But, um, yeah,
1: and a fedora. But I, I
0: used to like it, but yeah, I just get so full. So I like bourbon because I can drink it neat or, yeah. you know, maybe with one ice cube and I don't have to worry about feeling bloated, you know, an hour into drinking.
1: Yeah, I'd rather waste those calories on your food and then drink there you the go. whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> so along with that, um, Tony, my brother-in-law, who's been on this podcast had wanted me to ask you uh, what's the best whiskey that you've had in the past 90 days?
0: I will have to go back just give it 120 days and I will say uh, Bibb and Tucker and that is a great bottle of bourbon and uh, my buddy who will be on season two we already recorded our episode his name is Brett he gave me that for my birthday a couple of years ago before I was really into bourbon so it sat up in my bar upstairs in our old house for forever. And all of a sudden I got into bourbon and I pull this out and I'm like, all right, let me try it. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> so that bottle didn't last too long after that. But um, I definitely, definitely love that bottle and he should check that out. And everybody else should as well.
1: What makes it so great, greater than other bourbons? I don't know a whole lot about bourbon other than I yeah, like to get I don't get know drunk. much
0: about bourbon either. Yes. You just like to drink everybody else's bourbon and scotch after mm-hmm. we've already had four bottles of wine.
1: Exactly. And yeah. then I'll have um, a cheap bottle with your wife, while you go to bed until four in
0: the morning. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, so bourbon is so, it's such a personal flavor preference, mm-hmm. just like uh, wine or anything else. But I like bourbon because you typically get notes of like cinnamon and vanilla and caramel. Those typically tend to be a little lower alcohol content. So, like, you know, 48% as opposed to 54, 52% alcohol. But, um, but all those are, are really good. And I've had ones that are really, I'm having one now called Noah's Mill that I put a joke on Instagram, like the best way to drink this is like in a chair with a seatbelt on. Cause it, like the first time I took a sip <laughs> of it, I was like, Jesus, it was a little bit stronger than I was used to. Um, but yeah, that's why so I'd recommend that.
1: What has been the most challenging thing having a toddler?
0: Giving them the space to process decisions. So, hey, it's nap time. Oh, you need seven minutes to Uh get comfortable with it or we're gonna have a meltdown or whatever. So I mentioned my parents were always patient with me. Beth is incredibly patient with Ayla and I'm less patient with her, not that I'm ever short or rude or whatever with her. I just will get more frustrated at the situation and that's a learning experience for me and, and something I have to continue to work on. But that is, I think the hardest thing is just understanding that like, just because it's time for something. They need time to process it in their own way.
1: How did you feel when you found out that you and Beth were going to have a baby?
0: I felt anxiety. That's only the second time. So the first time was talked before about when my dad passed, and I was working at Lucia, I really felt I didn't know how to process the grief. So I somehow I think turned that into anxiety. And that turned into me panicking and second guessing myself in every kitchen decision and I'm like why am I doing this I know how to cook I know what I'm you know like I got hired here for a reason you know but anyway so same sort of thing happened with with Ayla is I'm an only child so (laughs) just that sort of anxiety of not knowing what was coming and like not knowing how to change a diaper I've never done that before never held a baby like that So, all those kind of things.
1: All right. What are you most looking forward to over the next 10 years?
0: One of the things I'm most excited about doing, and this is selfish for me, but also for Ayla, is the first time that we will take her to Disney World. So, whenever that is. And I'd rather wait until she's seven or eight years old, kind of thing. So,. Yeah, and she can remember it and enjoy it and all that. But like Beth and I talked and I was like, look, I got it all figured out. Like I want to have her bags packed and surprise her the morning of. And, you know, so like I'm really excited um, for for something like that. I'm really excited for us as a family to just take little vacations and yeah. little weekend things again. Uh, but I'm just most excited just to see her grow up. Like yeah. it's amazing to see and you're, everybody says that and your parents tell you that and you roll your eyes and then you're the parent and you're in it and you're like, Looking at photos on your on your phone one night, laying in bed, and you're like, "Holy shit, that was a year ago! Like, she doesn't uh-huh. look like the same person." You know. Yeah. yeah.
1: Besides the podcast, and I wouldn't say parenting is a hobby, but besides that, parenting, what are your other hobbies?
0: <laughs> I enjoy working out. I used to enjoy going to the gym. Now Beth and I converted one of our garage spaces into a gym with a couple of dumbbells and a small TV. So that's So you can watch Bravo great.
1: while you work out.
0: Yes. Okay. yes well i do hip-hop abs yep <laughs> yeah so i enjoy working out i enjoy golfing a lot and then cooking i still love to cook so you know when you do it professionally the some of the joy can leave because you're so focused You know, because it's a job even if you do enjoy it it's your job and you've got responsibilities and all that so that's not great but when you can do it at home and your only critic is your wife Um, who you're used to getting criticism from anyway then it's great that can just go
1: you know in one ear and out the other so that's That's easy all right so i have one more question i guess for yeah all your listeners what advice would you give an expecting an expecting father on how to maintain and foster a healthy marriage
0: i am by no means an expert in any area (laughs) of any of this uh, i think something that's important to at least think about is that husband and wife need to still come first in a lot of ways and it's going to take a back seat for a while but it it needs to it needs to not always take a back seat so once you figure out how to operate and i also think from a dad's perspective to try to understand at least to try to understand how the mom will be dealing with stuff because not only is her body been through the ringer over the last nine months and then labor and delivery and then maybe breastfeeding all of that emotion the level of patience and understanding and sort of room for maneuvering i think it's important as a as a husband and as a father to make sure that is really wide because think about how we act when we have a bad night's sleep and we don't have our coffee right away right we're grumpy and irritable and all that so now imagine feeling a 1000 times more than that for the last nine months, plus labor and delivery, plus, you know, if there's any postpartum depression or anything. So just understanding that, like, you really need to be a support person. And then the last piece I will say is also, you cannot feel guilty about still wanting to do your stuff as a as a dad as a husband as a person, you know, and I think you start off right when you're single. And it's like, you're Courtney, you're Justin, you're whatever. And that's the only thing on your radar. And uh-huh. then you get married and now you share that. And then you have a kids. And then all of a sudden, more of that pie gets taken up. And it's easy to kind of lose sight of who you are as an individual. And I think if you maintain that, then it'll help inform how you operate as a husband and as a father and as a human. And you can buy my seminar for forty nine ninety nine <laughs> on YouTube.
1: And Amazon, two and for Amazon. one. <laughs> um, well, I have a question. Do you guys plan on having more kids? No. Absolutely. That's it. is perfect.
0: Nope. Yes. And so a couple of things is, so I'm 39. I'll be 40 in March. Beth is a year younger than me. And outside of the pandemic, uh, she travels for work, fairly regular basis. And I'm out and about every day. And my mom was kind enough to be our caregiver, but she's gonna be 70 um, on January 2nd. So all of those things, plus Beth had a, it's easy for me to say this as a guy, but her own words, she would tell you, she had a great pregnancy, no issues, never once had morning sickness, never once had any problems, um, nothing. So she had a great experience. She was healthy uh, the whole time. And her labor and delivery, again, easy for me to say this as a guy, (laughs) Her words were, it was pretty good all things considered. I mean, we we checked into the hospital around midnight, and Ayla was born 6:50 uh, in the morning, and I think she had three pushes, and Ayla was healthy, and Beth was healthy, and everybody, you know, moved forward with with no issues. So all of those things, that hey, you know, the good Lord blessed us with a with a really good situation. So let's not try to get happier than happy. Yeah, and you know if we were both 32 or 33, it might be a different story. Courtney, thank you so much for being the moderator.
1: Thank
0: you for having me. You have uh, you're gonna get me out of this job here, and it's gonna be the Courtney is Dad or Day podcast pretty soon. (laughs) All the executives from all the networks that are that are. Clamoring for this podcast are going to want your voice instead of mine on here. So, thank you.
1: That is, that was always the plan.
0: Well, thank you so much. Of course. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the first season of the Saturday is Saturday podcast. We'll be back in early 2021 as I buy myself a little bit of time to make sure I get enough episodes uh, logged. So, thank you. And thank you, Courtney. And congrats on your
1: first season.
0: All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you have time, Give us a rate and a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. And remember, Saturday is Dadder Day.